0: Awesome! you brave the horrible weather, I like it. My lawn is going to get watered freely, right? So awesome. hey, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at New City Church. Welcome. If you're a first or second time, maybe you came and visited us last week for Resurrection Sunday and you came back. Thank you. We didn't scare you too much. And uh, we're really, really excited that you're here. What you just saw up there, if you were paying attention to the screens, are a series of kind of missional opportunities that we've been a part of over the past year. Uh, we are a church that loves Sunday, but we're not just about Sunday. I see a lot of new faces, so I need to unpack kind of why we do this. We care a great deal about those outside these walls, even the people who don't so much care about what goes on in here, right? We try and strive to serve and to uh, represent Jesus in every opportunity. We believe this, all right? This is one of my favorite things to say, that it is an absurd to think That Jesus did all that he came to do, right? We just talked about this last week. We think it's absurd to think that God stepped out of heaven in the person of Jesus and that he walked this planet and that he did many miraculous signs and wonders and he cared for people and he loved people and he taught with authority and that he eventually went to the cross and gave up his life so that you and I could be reconciled to the Father and that he didn't stay dead, that he resurrected from the grave. We think it's absurd to think that Jesus did all of that wonderful stuff so you and I could go to church for an hour on Sunday. Listen, we, got, you know, we need to expand our thinking on what it means to be a part of a church or be the church. And, uh, man, if you're here, this is kind of what we've been talking about and what we're striving to do and what we just quickly showed you. Now, in those videos or in those pictures that you saw, there's two key components. The first one is that there were actually people serving, right? And I always be, want to invite you to come along with us as we serve and try in various ways to bless our communities. You may have the next great idea. But secondly, the thing that you don't see is how those things were funded. Most of that stuff wasn't free. How do we do those things? Well, we do those because of your tithes and offerings. We do that through the generosity of the people here at New City Church. You may not know this about church, but church is a completely not-for-profit place, meaning that everything we do, everything we do is funded by how you choose to be generous and give your money, right, how you choose to be generous and offer offer your time. And so what we did, I wanted to kind of recap, a year ago, we launched this thing that we called More, Jesus is Greater Than, and we put it in your seats there, and this is is the old one, this is a year ago, and I just ask you to take it and flip through it, and what I'm hoping that you will see is a lot of the things that we set out to do, guess what church, we accomplished a lot of it, we accomplished most of it. In this book, you will hear about Arbor Square, and how we hope to acquire an apartment across Arbor Square and put a young family in Arbor Square that could be feet on the ground right across the street doing missional community with the people that we don't yet know. Guess what? That's happening. Jake and Marjorie Brahm, our student pastors, they uh, have a, a little apartment over there where they, they live out of. We do serve Saturdays. Uh, Pastor Chris and his, one of his discipling groups are doing homework care. Uh, had I don't know, two weeks ago, they had 40 people show up participating in that. There's awesome stuff happening across the street. And man, is it hard. And you know they don't give us the apartment for free, correct? You guys are aware of that. They don't give you your apartment for free. They don't give it to us either. We asked. They said no. But that's something because of your generosity that we've been able to do. Associated closely with Arbor Square is our compassion ministry. Our compassion ministry is the, is the a way in which that we choose to bless and help and care for a lot of the people within this New City context, our church family, who are hitting tough times and are struggling. Right? You ever had a hard time in life where you need some help? That's what our compassion team does. They have resources that uh, through our giving that we allocate to them, and they uh, have systems in place where they are able to bless people who need something. We've done that over the past year. We want to do more. Amen, there's always people that need help and it's legitimate help It's not trying to take advantage of there are people that really need assistance We want to continue to do be able to do more of that The second thing is uh, we wanted to do some upgrades into this facility here The one that you're sitting in right now, you notice the carpet if you're so new that this is the only carpet, you know Well, god bless you the rest of us remember the stained carpet right from kool-aid and oranges orange drink that we all the neighborhood kids Destroyed this place. Oh, it was so gross but we redid carpet here and our kids, all of our kids City spaces. Kids City got a whole new uh, fresh paint. We built some walls, added some doors, took down some old walls. I mean, we did a lot of fun stuff this past year to make it better for our kids and make it better for the community to use through the week. And we're still hoping and working towards the city using our facility Monday through Saturday in a lot more consistent manner. But all of this stuff, by the way, debt-free. We don't, we don't owe anybody anything except the Lord. And it's through your generosity that we're able to do... Now, we were smart, me and Pastor Chris and several of us, man, we laid all these stinking carpet squares. You're welcome, right? I'm wearing a back brace right now because of it, right? I'm kidding. You can pray for me in that. But the third thing... So we had Arbor Square. We have some facility stuff that we've done here. And the third thing was, of course, Edgerton. Man, God bless us with a debt-free property down in Edgerton, Kansas. And man, over a year's worth of work, we went into that. Not only the discipleship piece, but some facility improvements, some much-needed ministry happenings in that area. And a church that was dying and down to seven people now averages around 130 every Sunday. Is that not awesome? Again, debt-free. How are we able to do that? Because you chose to be generous. You've chosen to be generous, and we're able to do those things without having to go to a bank to get a loan, and, uh, you know, we're against LSD, the drug, and also long, stupid debt, right? We're against those things, and so, man, I just want to say thank you, but we're not done. Last year, we started Jesus is Greater Than. Today, we're continuing, a year later, the same more initiative, inviting some of you to join us, but this, this time we're calling it this, Generous People Equal a Generous Church. Generous people equal a generous church. Here's the thing that you've heard us say if you've been here very long. We have decided, whether it be in Shawnee or Edgerton, that we will always run after our community. We will always run after our neighbors. But at the pace at which we run, how fast we run, is dependent upon our generosity. And I'm included in that. I give to this ministry just like I'm hoping that you will and that you choose to do. If we want to be more generous as a church, we have to be more generous As a people over the next several weeks, we're going to be in this series called more generous people generous church and over these weeks We're going to celebrate how god has used your resources to bless the snot out of so many people We're going to tell stories, right? You didn't know blessing the snot out of somebody was a good thing It's a very good thing. All right, we're going to um, Encourage you to continue to be generous because of what god's done and the third thing right? We're inviting several of you to join the party You've been new to New City over the past year, or maybe you didn't jump in the first time around and we want to invite you to include you on what God is doing. I believe this with all my heart, right? I believe this with everything in me. You will be better in life if you are a generous person. I'm telling you, you will generosity is something that God wants for you, but yet it is so hard and it is so scary, right? We have obstacles and hurdles that keep us from being generous, and we thought a fun way to kind of lay the foundation today is to show you an interesting commercial that's currently out that speaks to some of these obstacles of generosity. Let's check out this commercial together. Your Raise your hand if you're stupid rich. I'm going to say you get to go home right now. You don't have to stay, right? And so if you will, let's do this. Let's pull out this insert right here, and we're going to use this today as a foundation teaching, uh, a foundation thought for today today's, today's uh, teaching. Um. I want to give you three stupid ins- insights from that commercial, okay? You don't typically hear this on Sunday morning, so if you're new, this is how we roll sometimes, maybe when I'm up here specifically. But I want to give you three stupid insights, ready? Number one, you're not stupid rich, amen? So I want to let's be churchy. Can we do, After I say it line, can you guys just say amen, right? Let's, you know, right? Now, if you don't know what amen means, it's the same thing as saying word. It means we agree, right? Okay, so here we go. Uh, you're not stupid rich. All right, so you have to be smart with your money. You're not stupid rich, so hang on. So you have to be smart with your money. You don't get to just go, woo! nobody making it rain. Nobody in this room should be making it rain anywhere, right? Because you're not stupid rich. Are you with me? All right. Number two, you're not stupid rich. Oh, that was weak. Come on now. Some of you may be stupid rich and just don't want to, I need to know if you're stupid rich, right? Not even for New City, I just got some stuff that I want, right. All right, you're not stupid rich, so you can't afford to be both selfish and generous. Ouch, right? Because you're not stupid rich, you can't afford to be, I mean, literally, you can't afford to be both selfish and generous. Here's what I really believe. A lot of us want to be generous. We want to be able to help and we want to be able to give. The truth is this, we just can't. We're maxed out. If we're not maxed out because of the things that we need, most of us, some of us, it's super tight right now for you. But for a lot of us, we're not maxed out because of stuff we need. We're maxed out because we bought stuff we wanted. And because we have all the stuff that we want and we actually want more, like anybody itching to get that Apple Watch, right? If I'm slapping my wrist every time I think about it, right? That's four or $500, right? It's crazy that my son will break, right? We can't afford sometimes to be both selfish and generous. And the third thing is, you're not stupid rich, but God is. But God is. God has so many resources. And I'm telling you, I believe this. So This is not a name-it-claim-it. I'm not a name-it-claim-it thinker. I don't. But here's what I'll tell you. I know, like you, that I have prayed in my life, God, would you trust me with more? Can I tell you something? God wants to trust you with more. But before he can trust you with more, he's got to be able to trust you with what you got. So if you're praying, Lord, give me more. Lord, give me more. Well, just listen to me. Begin to show the Lord that he can trust you what you currently have. Why in the world would any parent give their kid more when they're not responsible with what they currently have? Your kid who has wrecked two vehicles, why in the world would you go buy him a new Corvette? Right? Unless you're stupid rich. But we're not, amen? Now, how, do, how does a pastor approach the topic of money, right? This is a fun one. Anybody want to trade spots with me right now and just get up and talk about money to people who don't have any, right? It's a, it's a, so here's, here's my approach, and this has kind of just been my approach to getting up here and speaking the word for the past several weeks as far as a mentality, like an intentional thinking. I can get up here and I can choose to see you with horns or halos. I'm choosing to see you with halos. I'm choosing today to uh, assume that you're here because God has drawn you into things of him, that you're here on purpose, that it's not by accident. I mean, you braved the weather. And it doesn't matter your age, your demographic, what you make, what you don't make. I'm choosing to see you this morning with halos above your head, that you are a people trying your best to pursue the things of God. Therefore, you ready for this? I'm going to talk to you as such. I'm going to talk to you not in trying to convince you to follow God. I'm going to talk to you as people who are pursuing God, and you want to pursue him with as much faithfulness as you can. Is that cool? So I'm just going to do my best to speak truthfully from the word right to you. I had a guy come up to me last week after Easter Sunday and say, man, man, you don't sugarcoat things. I don't. I want to be honest with you as much as I can and understand these scriptures so that we can move forward in life and be as faithful to God as he would have us to be. Are you with me? Word. OK, here we go. So just kind of in your head, you may just want to make a halo above your head. Because that's how I'm coming at you. All right. Here we go. Exodus 32. We're going to be in Old Testament scripture this morning. Exodus 32. And uh, what has happened prior to this, back in 12 chapters earlier in chapter 20, Moses has gone up onto the Mount Sinai, and God has given him the Ten Commandments. You guys are familiar with the Ten Commandments, right? God has given those to Moses. Moses has come down, so the people are aware of the Ten Commandments. In chapter 32, God has called Moses back up on the mountaintop, and that's where we've, this story takes place, Okay. When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron, who was Moses' right-hand guy, and said to him, Get up, make us gods that will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. He's been up there for 40 days. So Aaron said to them, Break off the gold earrings that are on your ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the gold earrings that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He accepted the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made a molten calf. Then they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow will be a feast to the Lord. So they got up early on the next day and offered up burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Here's what I want to talk to you about today based on that scripture. And it's the last point, but it's also the first point, if you want to fill it in on the back side of your insert. You will either use your money for worship or you will worship your money. This is a really just clear principle for you when you think about your hard-earned cash. I'm not talking philosophical stuff. I'm talking about everyone in here who has money, whether it be a lot or a little, you will either worship with your money or you will worship your money. This is what's going to happen. So let's see how this played out in this Exodus 32. Uh, point number one here at the top of your insert. With, with your money, God goes first. This is the first point I want to make. With your money, God goes first. If you look there in Exodus 32, in the very first scripture, verse 1, the people go to Aaron and they say, Aaron, get up. Make us gods that will go before us. Moses has been their leader Moses has been following them Moses and they've even seen God work I mean, these are the same people who walked through the Red Sea These are the same people that God has rescued out of Egypt These are the same people that the gold that they actually had their ears that they were wearing all the other all possessions These are the same people that for whatever reason when they were leaving Egypt the people of Egypt gave them their possessions They've seen God do miraculous things in their life And yet Moses has been gone up on the mountain for some time where they're like, well, what's happened to our leader? Make us a god that we can follow Right. What do they say again in verse one? Make us gods that will what go be for us, go before us. Now, I told you that in chapter 20, Moses delivers the Ten Commandments to the people from God. Number one commandment. Are you ready for this? In chapter Exodus, chapter 20, verse three, the very first thing God says to the people about their laws and their customs is this. You shall have no other gods. What? Read that again. You should have no other gods. Before me. And what are the people asking Aaron? Make us gods that will go where? Before us. Hey, Aaron, listen, we don't know what to do, so will you make something that will go before us? And God has already told these knuckleheads. Listen, you will make no God that goes before me. Guys, here's the thing. You got This, this is so practical. I mean, you can implement this practice into your life immediately. God wants first place in your money. God does not desire second place, place third place or last place. And here's why I say it like that. Oftentimes we get paid or we'll receive money. And what do we do with that? We go kind of do what we need to do first with it. And if there's any left over, yeah, you give and you're generous with it. But most times, if we're honest, there's nothing left over because we've used it all. Right? We go needs, we go wants, and we go, uh-oh. Here's the thing. That won't happen when God goes first. How does this play out in the Miller family? Like, do I practice what I preach? If there's anything that I get up on the stage and talk about, it's this. That I, I, I'm telling you, this is, for whatever reason, as a young dude at 19 that found Christ, the first biblical principle I learned was the, was the, uh, the principle of generosity in your giving. I have no idea why, but that's the first thing that was put before me and what I kind of soaked up and learned. In the Miller family, it doesn't matter if it's a paycheck, uh, birthday money from my mama, Christmas money from my grandparents, it doesn't matter if I go speak somewhere and they pay me. The first portion of that, the portion that my wife and I have decided, and I'm not going to tell you what your portion should be, but there is a specific percentage that's, that goes right back to my local church. For me, of course, that's here at New City Church. It's not up for debate. It's not up for conversation. That portion always goes back. God goes first. Matt, do you mean do you give off before the, do you, do you, do you tithe or do you give offering off of your check before the government gets their taxes? Absolutely. God goes first. Uncle Sam goes second. I'll tell you what's even crazier for the Miller family. Not this year because we're having to pay in. But typically we even give off of our tax return. What? Yeah. Why? Because I really believe that you can't outgive God. God goes first. Always God goes first. What's this mean in your life? Do you need to sell your car, downgrade your house? No, not at all. But what would it look like? Just a practical application for God to go first the next time you receive any kind of money whether it's a paycheck or a gift that before you go woo that you go no 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 and you decide i'm not going to decide for you hey god i'm going to give you this percentage and then what's left over i will do what i need to do and then i'll do what i want to do with it but god goes first and when you get when you let god go first guess what you never have to wonder if god got his and you never have to feel guilty or the pressure of oh man i did this and i did that now no 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 no, no. Notice this. God says it, man. Mate, you shall have no other gods go before me. When we love our money, right, it becomes an idol. And that's not like talk that we have a lot. But I'm telling you, how many people do you know? I'm not going to put it on you. I'm sure it's a friend who is totally dependent and caught up on their 401k or their future retirement because that's their saving grace. Man, church, again, I'm seeing halos. I'm assuming that you're wanting to follow the Lord. Well, here's what the Lord says. The first thing he said. There shall be no gods before me. God wants his first. Let me say this. This is not in my notes, but I'm just going to say it. If you're like, oh, Pastor, money grab. Easter last week, you had us here, money grab. Don't give it here then. If that's your heart, don't give it here. But you not wanting to give it here is not, I'm not letting you off the hook that you don't need to be generous. God wants to go first. And so if you're not comfortable giving it here, then you find the organization, whether it be a nonprofit or a family on your street or a family in your kid's school, and you choose to bless them with the resources God has given you. You say, man, I don't have any. No, listen, you have something. You pick the percentage, you pick the portion and say, I'm going to bless this person. If you choose to do it here, God bless you. That's awesome. We're not going to tell you not to give here. No way, bring it. We've got more to do. But I'm not going to be the excuse for you not to be generous. And I'm sorry. I really am sorry if somebody in your past church experience hurt you. And that could very well be the truth. But listen, let God speak to your heart. He wants to go first when it comes to your finances. The second thing is this idols take your money god uses your money idols will take your money but god will use your money look at exodus 32 starting in verse 2 now through verse 4 so the people say make us a god that will go before us aaron says break off the gold earrings that are on the ears of your wives your sons your daughters and bring them to me notice this like they didn't have a bank of america back then they didn't have the savings account. All of their possessions were literally on them or with them. And Aaron is taking the gold off of their body. They're like, hey, make us an idol. Well, make us something that we can follow. Make something that we can cheer. Make something that we can get behind. Make something that we can see and touch and do all these things with. And Aaron goes, okay, give me your earrings. Give me that, give me that literally rot. Let me just take it from you, and I'm going to melt it down, and I'm going to make this golden calf, and we can worship it. Is that not just silly? Last week, um, I, I, I ended the service. Well, actually, I want to do this one first. Matthew 6. Look what Jesus said about this. He said, Do not accumulate for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but accumulate for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You're going to give your resources, you're going to write the check, you're going to swipe the card to the things that have your heart. And I'm asking you, right? Again, I'm choosing to see halos. Listen, I'm going to assume that you're wanting to chase after the things that have the heart of God. And to do that, you have to say, God, where's your heart? God, what do you want to see accomplished in this? Is it What are you, what are you giving your gold, your resources to? Psalms 115, this is what I wrapped up last week's sermon with but it speaks to this idea of idols. We read this. Why should the nation say, where is their God? That's what the people were saying, right? Where's our God? Where's our God, Aaron? Where is Moses, this guy that speaks to the Lord? Where is he? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. And then the psalmist writes, their idols are made of silver and gold. They are man-made. They have mouths, but cannot speak. Eyes, but cannot see. Ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but cannot smell. Hands, but cannot touch. Feet, but cannot walk. They can't even clear their throats. Those who... Uh, make them end up like them as will everyone who trusts in them what are you giving your resources to what's it crafting is it something that's really like just kind of you get behind and you can cheer and you can celebrate or are you giving to eternal things are you investing in the stuff that god is asking you to do or do you find yourself unfortunately saying man god i'd really like to i just don't have it god goes first and god uses your resources now who wants to be offended this morning Awesome. One in the back? Okay. So this this video might offend you. It may not offend you. I think it's funny, right? I'll be honest with you. It kind of stepped on my toes when I watched it. But watch it with good cheer, okay? But I do think it goes, ah, a little bit. Let's watch this together. Ouch. Just a little maybe for some of us, right? Like, I know. I mean, I look in my closet and I see all this University of Miami gear, right? And my University of Miami license plate that got stolen. Some stinker took it off my car, right? And the tickets, I'm, I'm going to Bristol next weekend to watch cars go in a circle. I'm not condemning this stuff, but what I'm saying is that stuff doesn't go first. Okay? It doesn't go first. I'm not, and some of you are like, whew, I'm off the hook. I'm not a sports fan. Oh, come on. We all have our stuff, right? We all have our stuff, and like, oh, come on, Matt, shut up. We all have our stuff that we, that we kind of just get like, we will not miss it. We can't really, like, we put it, like, the re- I'm going to jump off money for just a second. The reason that you don't have time to read your Bible is because God doesn't go first. Game of Thrones goes first, but then I'm too tired, and I feel guilty, so I don't really want to read my Bible, all right? I'm just, money is just, it, guys, listen, in every area of your life, God just says, well, you put me first. I want to go first. And like, do you love enough? I don't know. Are you kind enough? I don't know. But I'll tell you this. If there's ever a thing that's so objective and so tangible you can touch it, it's either you know that you gave or you know that you didn't. I mean, it's never like, well, no, either God went first, like you got money and God went first, or God didn't go first. It's never up in the air. It's never like, well, did I? No, 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 no. It's really simple. Either he was the first person you gave it to or he wasn't. God wants to go first. Now here's the third one. It's the sneaky one, right? Don't disguise your spending to make it look spiritual. Don't disguise your spending and to make it look spiritual. Look what Aaron does. Remember, Aaron was with Moses through all of this stuff. Aaron's a smart cat, and he sees that this casting made. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, "Tomorrow will be a feast to the who? The Lord." Aaron has taken people's gold and he's made an idol, the very thing that he knows God is against. And You know what he did? I think he goes, uh-oh, I've done a bad thing. I've been a bad boy. So you know what he does? He gives some spiritual language to it. Well, let me dress this up and let's make it spiritual. And we're going to have a party now for the Lord. This was for Jesus. Ta-da, ta-da. Right? Jesus, look what I did. And I'm going to spin this spiritually so I can rationalize why I chose to do this. Don't guys listen. Don't disguise your spending so that you can feel spiritual about it. Matt, what should we do? Right? What what could what could a practice be? Just start today. Don't start start today on saying, you know what, God, you get first. Now here's a big boy question that you gotta ask yourself. What portion does God get? I would encourage you to pick a percentage and not move from that unless you're moving up. But don't 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 say, God, I'm going to give you five percent. God, I'm going to give you ten percent. God, I'm going to give you fifteen percent, and then get your money and go, whoa, fifteen percent's a lot of money. Well, I think I I meant seven. I was confused. I meant seven, Lord. I meant seven. Make your decision and stick to it, and and be smart. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Be realistic in your resources. Be realistic in your planning. Be realistic in your budgeting. I think it's a, a crazy step. All right, a crazy step. And you've got to have extreme faith to do this. But if you're not hardly given anything for you to say, I'm going to start being a 10% tither, man, I'm telling you, I don't know if that's realistic for your family. A lot of faith, and I'll cheer it on. But I would say this, how does God go first? And that's a great conversation. That's a great thing to think through and wrestle through. And here's what I'll tell you. Again, I'm seeing halos, right? I'm choosing to see halos. Over and over again, the people in this story saw, saw God do remarkable things, and then would go back to disobedience. And look what God says to Moses up on the mountaintop. He looks down, he sees all that's going on. Because if you look in that last that last place there, uh, um, verse six, right above it, where it says, "And they rose up to play," they had a big party, and it wasn't like a tailgate party. It was a, a it was one of those parties where um, a lot of things were going on that didn't make God too happy imagination to what was going on down there in this act of worship and god looks down at them and he says this i have seen these this people look what a stiff-necked people you get to decide whether or not god calls you stiff-necked or not you get to decide whether you are a stiff-necked person again if you don't want to hear my, what i'm saying just look at the scriptures how would you interpret this story on what happened And what is God saying to you about it? Like if what I have said to you this morning doesn't tickle your ears and make sense in your mind, that's fine. But I would encourage you this. Ask the Lord, what are you saying about me and my resources? What are you saying about me and my giving? What are you saying about me and my generosity? And then let the Lord speak to you. Oh, man, church, I just want to tell you this. In the kingdom, there's generosity. In the kingdom, there is generosity where people give and they help and they love and they support. It's not a money grab in the kingdom. And I, I really mean what I put on here and what we've put on here. Generous people equal a generous church. And I invite you to join us as we find ways, as we continue to bless people, as we continue to usher people into these spiritual conversations into the kingdom of God. I mean, God has got great things in store for us. I believe this. We're not done planting churches with Edgerton. There will be more churches that this place plants. I believe that. But we don't get there very quick with a bunch of stiff-necked people. What is God saying to you? And how might you respond? Amen? Now, if God blesses you and you become stupid rich, good for you. You get to bless the snot out of folks, right? But until we get there, we get the opportunity every week to gather and put our resources, the portions that we've set aside, we get to choose to give those together. And God takes your little bit and my little bit and his little bit and her little bit, and he puts them all together, and all of a sudden you have enough to start a church. And you have enough to rent an apartment. And you have enough to bless people in the compassion team. You alone probably don't have the resources to do that, but you take all of our resources together, and they become really quite amazing. The thing that I want to encourage you with in closing today is this. Never be surprised When it comes to your generosity, when you come in this room and you sit in a chair and this is the place that you call home or if you're just in town and you're visiting another church, never let the giving portion of the day surprise you. Be prepared to say, Lord, you get this first. So at this time, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward and we're going to give today as we do every single Sunday. It is an act of worship. It is an active part to say, Lord, here is how you get to go first in my life. And um, you don't have to drop a gold earring in there all right but there are several ways for you to give and so uh, brenda and rick before we give i just want to bring your attention because some of you just may not know this some of you do know this but there are several ways for you to give here at new city church inside your bulletin right the easiest way is you can text give right can we put that slide up Stanton? there's a way to you can give through texting that's really really cool you can give online you can of course mail a check if you still do checks or you can drop your offering in the bucket these are not trash cans these are our offering plates right and so these are a way, so what happens when we give? Again, you may not know. Maybe this, is a, this church experience is new for you. When your resources go in here, we deposit those, of course, in a bank, and then through our budget and compassion team, those resources get allocated out to several different ministry opportunities throughout the church. Kids City gets, I mean, we just, they just go out and they fund every single thing we do. And so 100% of your giving goes, right, towards New City and the things that we're operating in and going after as a church body. And so I want to encourage you. And again, here's the deal. If you're not comfortable, last thing, God loves a cheerful giver. You're like, I'm not spending this. If you, those of you guys who know me, you know that this, I'm just being as authentic as I can right now, being as honest as I can. The last thing I want is to twist somebody's arm to do anything. I had a pastor friend in town tell me, he says, Matt, you don't beg anybody to dance with you. I don't. I don't beg anybody to dance with me, right? I'm not twisting your arm to give. But I am asking you to be generous somewhere. And watch what God does when you put him first. Just watch what God does when you put him first. Can I pray for this? And then we're going to give together. Father, thank you so much for today. God, I I pray that my words have represented you well, and they haven't been too hard on the ears of the people. Father, I pray that you would encourage us and inspire us to be generous. And Father, most of all, that we would simply be obedient to put you first in all areas. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's give it this time. As we do give, I do want to continue to bring your attention to some things in the bulletin that might interest you. Specifically, on April the 28th, we are starting a a class on apologetics, right? And the the book is Christian Beliefs, 20 uh, 20 Basic uh, Beliefs That Every Christian Should Know by Wayne Gruden. And we're going to have that class, I believe it's on Tuesday nights from 7 to 8.30. That's a free class outside of you purchasing the book. Right. And so we put the information about the book is called so that you can buy that. You can download it on Kindle or whatever your iReader is or e reader is, or you can actually buy the book off of Amazon or however you buy books. But I would encourage you to uh, uh, participate. There's several of you who this is going to be a great starting place when it comes to kind of learning more about what Christians believe. Like if you're like, I'm, I'm a follower, but I don't understand, like this is a great class. Uh, Matt Lee is going to help uh, facilitate that with us. and He's going to do a great, great job. Guys, with that. Hope you have a blessed day. As you go out, right, enjoy the things that God's put before you. I'm not telling you to not watch a baseball game, right? Don't hear that. I'm going to watch NASCAR again next weekend. But how does it look like as we go out of this place that we put God first? Have a blessed day. See you next week. Same time, same place.